everyone. Connor Lokar, Senior Forecaster here at ITR Economics for another Trends Talk. And today we're doing something a little bit different. We're joined by a very special guest, Rich Armstrong with Great Game of Business, one of our business partners. So, Rich, how are you doing? I'm good. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. Yeah, I'm really excited. We've been talking a ton lately about building strategies and really executing not just a one-year strategy, but really you know, more like a five-year strategy. And, and that's really core to what you folks at, at Great Game of Business do. And it's really that high involvement planning process. So really today I was hoping that you could tell us how does that work exactly? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, Well, first of all, you know, there's a lot of uh, pushback out there in the marketplace about long-term plannings that it's impossible to plan long-term, but we're real big believers in goal setting, right? And that's really what we're doing here is setting some long-term goals for ourselves and how we're going to achieve them. But it's important that we bring some believability and predictability in those plans as well so we can manage to them. Um, what we, as you referenced, we use um, what we refer to as high involvement planning. And what that is, it's it's our way of consistently involving and informing and educating our entire organization on the realities of the marketplace, the company's long-term strategy for growth, and of course, the long-term financial plans that go along with that uh, strategy. Um, it, I, you know, I preference this as more of like a framework. It's a planning framework that we've used for now more than 30 years within SRC Holdings and also with a lot of our clients. Um, the framework consists of uh, really four areas. One is that it's a framework, framework that helps us set strategy for the organization, where we want to go, how we want to get there, um, what markets we want to serve, how we're going to win in those markets, what capabilities must, must be in place, those types of things. But it's also a framework that allows us to build an, a plan behind that strategy, right, um, to, to help us execute around that strategy. So it's building a sales plan that, that supports that strategy, a financial plan that supports that strategy, people plans, succession plans, and even a game plan to execute on that strategy. Um, another area is that, and I think it's it's a real important area and where ITR really fits a lot into this framework is um, the framework consists of ways that we can help us deal with the market changes that we know is going to happen with, <laughs> within our plan, right? So what are the current market realities? What are the trends? What is our current understanding of the marketplace and how does that uh, impact our strategy and our plans uh, for the future? Um, but the last part of that last part of the framework that is really kind of the unique part of it and and really probably the most critical part of it is it is it's a framework that enables us to allow everybody in the organization to contribute to it to, to some extent. Right. Um, and we, we use the phrase people support what they help create. Right. We have this mantra within the organization that if. If people participate in the process, they're going to buy in and they're going to have confidence in the process. If if they if they buy in, they're going to commit. And if they commit, they're going to deliver. So it's our way of really addressing um, the ability to get high level of buy into your plan for better execution in the future. So with those four things, setting strategy, building a plan, dealing with market changes and enabling people to contribute to the process is really the framework and how we build a plan that's believable and predictable. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> I love the framework and kind of a little bit more specificity. I mean, I've seen so many times over the years with our clients that we do forecasting work for, you know, how important having a plan is and, and really what can happen when you don't. You know, everybody 
you know, the plan's always, you know, up and to the right, grow revenue, grow profit, and on we go. But as we know, and as you know, ec economic cycles can change, internal factors can change. Obviously, succession's been a huge one and will be given the demographics in this country. Uh, and, you know, going with the flow, you know, it can work out really well for a year or two when the economy's up. But then when things shift, you know, it, it really illuminates that need for really an, an adaptive framework. Uh, obviously, you know, our focus is typically on how the macroeconomic and the external environment changes. Um, and you've said that, you know, high involvement planning, you know, it, it's really a process and not event. So in an event. So what does that process aspect mean to great game of business? Yeah, I, I think that's the, the critical part of this is that it has to be a process, not an event, because things are going to change, right? So it's kind of, we try to build a process that's consistent, it's uh, repetitive, it's a cadence, basically, of planning. Um, twice a year is is where we come, we actually bring the marketplace to our people, right? We 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 have a specific template about how we present to our organization what the current market realities are and how that may be impacting our strategy, maybe impacting our plans and what we need to do to refine those plans. And I think that's just the, it's part of it because a lot of people treat planning as this event, right? It's the end of the year grind to build a budget or, or we're going to build a strategy, but then they think that strategy is just going to be static. It's, it's, that's just not the reality of the world, right? So planning is really an ongoing process that we use uh, with that. Yeah, and that's something obviously we couldn't agree with more because you know we're watching the economic environment change every day, every week, every month. It's you know, particularly in the last three years and post-COVID times. I mean, it just hasn't really calmed down for us. So it's yeah. uh, you know one of the ways that that obviously the the information I tariff is always trying to bring is is kind of that market aspect and and the market-driven component is a really big part of your process. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the ultimate goal for us is to, and I mentioned this earlier, is to to build kind of a believable, predictable plan. And I know that's setting the bar high, but how we do that is we really try to ask ourselves um, four questions, okay, that we really try to focus on in terms of what we bring when we bring the marketplace to our people. One is, is the plan that we've set out market-driven, as you you indicated. And this is really where ITR has been a big value to us over the last 20 some years is we use that foundational understanding of where our industry is heading and where the general economy is heading, because those are areas that are somewhat out of our control, right? So we have to understand what that foundational reality looks like so we can play within it. Um, you know, a, a our stated sales goals must be based on those true market potential and and not not real kind of pie in the sky number. Um, and the data and the information that we gather through all of this is is really what we use to build that predictability in the plan, the believability in the plan. Yeah, I think the the arbitrary number aspect of that really resonates with me because so many times with, with our clients, you know, if we're delivering a three or five year revenue forecast, you know, I always like to know what they're thinking internally. Um, and they'll say, you know, you know, it could be a, a top-down mandate, you know, we're going to do X percent per year over the next five years. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you've done that percentage three times in the last decade. And, and now we're going to do it over the next five years. And, and okay, but, you know, that's where the economic data becomes really important because, you know, when, when we deliver a forecast, you know, the way that we position, it's a market-driven forecast. It's, I'm not saying it's what you have to do. I'm saying that this is the most probable path if you are who you've always been, 
because this is what we've seen in terms of economic cycles yield you know for you in, in similar periods whether up or down and you know that's you know and, and when i asked is like well where does that 10 percent five-year kager target come from and you know it's kind of a shoulder shrug and you know it's, it's a good sounding number and it, it looks pretty good uh but you know if we have two years that the economy will support that one that's maybe a little bit below and then maybe one that's far below you know if, if we don't have a coherent plan to attack that and manage around that then you know, folks are going to be looking back, like you said, kind of this year-end budget grind plan, and then 12 months later, they're going to say, what happened? You know, what happened here? Um, you know, so having that plan to execute to offset or augment uh, is really important. And I think the performance-based aspect to that is also, you know, a, a key driver in, in terms of setting some reasonability to some of these targets. And I think that that's a key part of the exercise from great game of business's standpoint. Yeah, it, you know, exactly. I, I love how you put that. I mean, you you, you have to get kind of a, a, a foundational understanding of what has been our performance, right? That historical performance and how does that translate to the to the future? Um, but, you know, that's one of our se the second question we ask ourselves. Is it is this performance based? Is there some historical performance that puts some validity into what we're saying? And that, that includes, you know, like industry benchmarks, uh, companies' past performance, but most importantly, it kind of includes things like the knowns, right? What are some firm orders we have, signed contracts, price changes that may go into effect, and also delivery capacity. You know, there's, you know, that's a limitation that we need to understand. So it's, it's really understand, you know, using that uh, framework of saying, look, have we, we've been here before. Is that going to carry over to the future? What is that kind of performance-based uh, look at the plan first before we go into more of what we're going to focus to stretch ourselves, right, to grow in the future? Yeah, and that's the capacity comment always rings with me because, you know, we might issue a, a five, uh, you know, three-year forecast and, you know, three years out there, you know, X percent above where they are now. And I always like to ask, I was like, could you even do that? I mean, it, do you have the people to do that? Do you have the capacity to do that? Um, and that always opens some eyes and because because the performance based, you know, that that's we always call that the endogenous trend characteristics, where it's basically before we even start with any of the external market overlays, predictive, you know, data points. Uh, it's the the external, the the backward look kind of really sets the guardrails of, of what's reasonable. What have we seen at our highest of highs, our lowest of lows? Um, and, and like you said, it, it kind of keeps it believable. It keeps it reasonable. Um, and I think a, a challenge, I think, for businesses, particularly over the next five years, is there's going to be a lot of growth rates and targeting and plans based on where they've just been, particularly over the last two years, 21 and 22, uh, that might lead folks a little bit astray. Because, you know, from our market-based expectation, the market factors really aren't going to be repeated that we saw from 2021 and 2022. You know, as, as we exited COVID, all the stimulus support, and then the associated inflation that that drove, I mean, just some absolutely preposterous top line numbers for a lot of our clients. Price a big part of it, volume also a big part of it. Uh, and, and really that's where we think the anchoring against the economic benchmarking becomes really, really important to make sure like, is this like really a sober plan, you know, and, and a sober analysis and we're not too caught up in, in where we've just been, but, but take that longer term historical view and say, okay, you know, what can we do here? Um, and, you know, it, and it doesn't have to be, again, if, if ITR's market-based opinion is a little bit lower, um, 
there is the opportunity to, to beat the market essentially and, and really have that performance focus on it, whether it's, you know, a strategy for growth or, or insulation or otherwise. And, and I think that that's a really key look that you folks take in your process. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, you know, the question of just, you know, what, what, what's going to represent some of the growth plans or aspirations and strategies we've set, you know, to, to grow the business is kind of that next question, you know, what, what do we expect to happen based on our strategy? But I, I really want to go back to what you said, Connor. I think it's good advice, especially in this environment, is that we've kind of, I just had this conversation with a client the other day is, you know, they've seen some substantial growth over the last three to five years and just really asking yourself, is that going to continue? Um, and some of that growth, um, you know, from a revenue standpoint is driven by price increases, right? And they've, they've, uh, maybe have increased their overhead a bit in, you know, enjoying some of those margins that they created through price increases. And if you don't have a reality of really what the new demand is going to look like over the next three to five years, you could get out in front of yourself, you know, out in front of your skis, so to speak. And so just getting people to look back and say, look, you know, this is historic, but now let's look forward here in terms of where we think this is going um, in uh, in the future, and and make sure that for certain that that's going to look look you look good for us. I mean, at SRC right now, we've enjoyed it in the last three three to five years tremendous growth. But I'll tell you, our next next year's plan and our our couple of years forward. Um, they're relatively uh, slow growth, um, and and that's how we've planned against. Um, we certainly have um, some new products and new markets we're serving, new products and or new products we're going to be offering and launching. But it's it's really based on the past. It's a little bit slower growth based. Yeah, it's such a key point, and I think as we start to to wrap up a little bit, I, and and I think something that is so important in what you do and and what we do at ITR as well is that. You know, this is a fully supported process and one that people have to buy in on. I mean, when I open my keynote presentations on the road, you know, I, I try to tell folks, you know, if we have a really good time here, you know, listening to me for 60 or 90 minutes, that's great. But if we're not executing on this, if we're not doing anything with this, if we're not buying in at our level and getting buy-in throughout the organization, then then what is a plan really? If a plan's not executed, like why did we go through the exercise? And I think that that's a really important closing aspect of, of making sure that this is really, you know, kind of a, a meaningful objective for folks. We uh, we take that very very seriously, and in fact, when we present our plans, we're presenting our plans at SRC um, to all of our sister companies, twelve different business units, right? And the last presentation slide on any of our business plans is our confidence level. So we we go to our organization, everyone in the organization, and simply ask them. What is your current level of confidence in our one-year plan and our long-term five-year plan? Um, zero to ten, you know, zero meaning no confidence at all, and and full confidence for a, uh, ten meaning full confidence. But the most important thing is we ask them, what would, you know, okay, the rating's great, but what would in what could we do to ensure your confidence and really get that feedback from the organization and where they feel the holes are in the plan or what their, what anxiety is, uh, you know, what, what part of the plan gives them a little bit of anxiety in terms of our ability to execute that helps us uh, really bring this full circle, right? It's a great barometer of the engagement of the organization and how believable, believable the plan really is. 
And we try to adjust to that. And we try to address those areas that they feel like are assumptions that maybe they don't feel a lot of confidence in, right? Um, so I, it, it's that's what really brings this together. You know, from our experience, the number one predictor to a meaningful executable plan is buy-in. If you can get really high buy-in, even with market changes, even with things that are going to shift in terms of your strategy, you still have the organization behind you ready to execute rather than trying to explain to them why the plan is now different because of whatever black swan event happened. Right. Right. So you just, it's, it's just a great way from, you know, and we've been doing this at SRC for more than 40 years. So it's, it has definitely been, you know, the linchpin to our success of really circling back and asking people for their level of buy-in and confidence in the plan. All right, Rich. Well, this has been great. Uh, really enjoyed getting together uh, with you on this one. So, you know, as we wrap up, where can people find out a little bit more about Great Game of Business and, and starting on this path towards high involvement planning? Well, they can reach out uh, to our website at greatgame.com. Um, and they can also reach out directly to me at rarmstrong at ggob.com. I'd love to chat with them about this process. I'm very passionate about this process. I've been with the organization for over 30 years. And I can tell you that it has been a linchpin to our success, ongoing sustainability of of SRC. And there's a lot of planning templates and tools and things like that, that we can share to help people along the way. Um, but, and Connor, I just want to say that a thanks to ITR, uh, it's really helped us build out this process. It's the foundational part of it. Just understanding the marketplace that we're in is, 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 is that first step of building a believable, predictable plan. Absolutely. Well, that's what we're here for. That's what we try to do. So thanks again, Rich. And thank you for everyone for stopping by and listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you.